What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode nine of Trinity Music, a hip hop podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, and I'm joined as always by my co hosts, Adam and Christian. If you haven't gotten the memo yet, as Trinity Music, we'll be coming to you each week with a new podcast every Wednesday to discuss the newest music in hip hop. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Trinity Music Pod. And if you have questions, comments, or concerns you want to air to the podcast, you can email us at trinitymusicpod at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. We are also on YouTube where we've been putting out exclusive content, including last Friday when we put out a quick review of Travis Scott's new single, Franchise. So go on and subscribe to the YouTube channel to stay up to date. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the new singles from Polo, G, Reason, and Snot. Then later in the episode, we'll review ASAP Ferg's newest release, Floor Seats 2. But first, we want to start with Spillagen, the newest album from Atlanta supergroup Spillage Village. Yes, we're talking about the group's fourth studio album, and I'm just... Outside of the name, I guess, which is my biggest issue, Spilligion is it's a very strange. I know you said it's Spillage Village combined with religion, just not a great name. I would say it doesn't roll off the tongue. But other than that, I'm going to start off the review by saying I'm a very big fan of this as a collective, this group. I look at Spillage as the Atlanta soul version of an ASAP mob. They've got that same raw energy and playful back and forth I really enjoy from the group. Sonically, I get lots of uh, Kanye vibes from the production. They're, they even sampled some of the same songs on the one that stuck out was Ray Charles' I Got a Woman, which is sampled obviously on Kanye's Gold Digger, as well as on this song, on the song Judas. I want to get into this song a, a bit later, but I'm curious what you guys think. Frankly, I have to say that I'm a fan of this combination of artists. I think that's what really pulled me into appreciating the album for what it is. I mainly say that JID and Earth Gang because those are the two names that stood out the most to me. As far as my overall thoughts on the album, I thought it was a tasteful combination of a unique variation in music from gospel, soul, and a jazzy feel, which we, I guess you could say, often say the beat makes the track, right? Lyrics are important as well. But just as an example, and I'm sure you guys will agree with this, the first actual song being baptized, ending with Jupiter, as an outro and the variation along the album, it's a big difference in comparison to what we would hear along most of the artists these days. I thought this album was really good. It's it's a well thought out album that you can tell all the artists involved really put their heart and soul into it. Now that doesn't really mean that it's a contender for album of the year, but it does provide us, the listeners, full immersion, at least temporarily, into what their world was at the time that they made the album. I just also want to say I applaud anyone who was able to form a full opinion on this album in only a day or two. We're now four days in and I'm still discovering and digesting different parts of the album and finding different pockets that I really like and maybe others that I don't enjoy so much, but there's so much nuance and there's so many layers to this between all the performances and all the different production and all the different meanings and messages that it's really an album that it takes a while to unpack. It's really impressive, actually, because it opens up your eyes and ears to how rap music can vary in so many ways. And you're absolutely right, Jordan. It's the type of album where you just have to be open-minded, sit down, and listen properly to develop that sensation and thought process into what goes into this and what you get out of it. It's good for any rap enthusiast, but it's a real thinker. Yeah, I think that's one of the strong points of this group is there's so much going on even outside, like there's a lot in the production, but just on the artists themselves. And I think that's where you get a lot of content. It separates them from like uh, Amigos, which th- there's a similar level of content, I guess, but it's it's more at face value. It doesn't have a lot of meaning, whereas this album really does a good job of that. Yeah. And Adam, you mentioned earlier, you got a little bit of Kanye vibes on this. And I, it was hard for me to not compare this album to Jesus is King. 
obviously it's because of the overlapping subject matter related to spirituality and religion. And while I found Jesus as King faltered because Kanye was never able to really open up, at least beyond the surface level, on Spilligion, the artists and the music have so much time to breathe and take their time that they're able to fully express themselves in the 50 minutes that we do listen to them. So I just wanted to say the story on how this album was made really enlightens the vibes on the record. It's from the Rolling Soul article that came out last week. J.I.D. had actually rented a house in Atlanta to record his third studio album. And as is common with these open door policy recording sessions, all types of different people, including many members of Spillage Village, came in and started recording and collaborating together. Then, of course, as lockdown hit, so this is back in March and April, the household became limited to just the members of Spillage Village. And it was at that point where the group decided to make this album. And in the article, they talk about these late night bonfires that the group would have where they would discuss everything going on in the world. And there are many moments I find on this album where it sounds like they are legitimately huddled around a bonfire singing folk songs just to make it through the night. Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty wild what they managed to do. Music aside, they were just a bunch of people living together in a house not only expanding their musical talent, but they talk about having hardcore Monopoly nights back to back. No stupid beef between rappers or what's commonly known to get the media's attention. None of that. Just plain old healthy brainstorming. Hell, they even talk about buying yoga mats and doing various exercises. <laughs> they even talk about how, as a group, they could process the events like Jordan mentioned. So much stuff that people can just discuss and develop on. We already discussed Baptized previously, and uh, though I won't go too in-depth on it, I will say that's definitely one of my favorite songs off of this album. And then one of the songs I want to start with is uh, Psalm Sing, being the third song on the album. It's one of the most feel-good... Great song. Yeah, it's definitely it is. It's one of the most feel-good, catchy songs on the album, to me at least. It's uh, almost the most... It's also the most surprising-sounding one. I enjoyed it, but I don't think it fit sonically very well with the rest of the album. It kind of has a similar tone to the outro, but both of them kind of stick out from the rest of the song. Yeah, for so for Psalm Sing, I think, and this is why it's interesting that this song is played so early in the album. It it gives off the vibe that this is a very patient album. And like you mentioned there, Adam, it could kind of be frustrating when you come out the gate with something like Baptize, then you immediately downshift to a song like Psalm Sing that's essentially just the Mariba solo track. And this kind of reminds me of what Royce the Five Nines done over the past couple albums he's had where You'd think someone like Royce would just come out the gate firing on all cylinders, but he actually goes pretty slow and does a couple skits here and there and maybe an interlude. And before you know, you're already on track five and you feel like you've barely heard the album. It definitely was an uplifting song, as simple as it was. I, I did enjoy it. I don't know if I've got this thing for listening to Mariba right now, but I think she compliments the music so well. And I will say that I didn't necessarily think that the robotic ending to the song fit it was a little weird it stood out but i didn't think it was necessary mariba kind of unlocks i find a lot of the group singing on the entire album like i mentioned earlier there's a lot of like a lot of hooks on the track where three or four or five of them are all singing it together and i find it's her voice obviously she has the best voice out of all of them yes of course. that kind of just it unlocks it a little bit it makes it sound a little bit better so she has like strong moments on it and I actually really enjoy it when she raps on a couple songs mm-hmm. but in general like her voice is a net positive and then, like, while we are talking about a collective of essentially eight different people, I did find that Johnny Venus from Earth Gang seems to be the leader of the group. Oh, yeah. And he he delivers some of the best verses on the whole project from Baptize and Family. 
And then he has some really nice melodies on the album. He has this incredible crescendo towards the end of his verse on Cupid. And then he has a really smooth hook on Ocean. So there's just, it's weird. Like I, I've listened to Earth Gang records in the past and I haven't noticed this much singing from Johnny Venus. So there's, again, and he also takes part in some of the production here on the record. So I definitely found that he seemed to be the leader of Spillage Village here. Yeah, I can agree with that, especially when he's on a song, it's like it, he definitely trumps it in some ways. Not to say that the art, other artists don't have their part in it and it's not a Amigos takeoff type of uh, vibe. But I, I get what you're saying. He does have that assertiveness in the song. And since you brought it up, I really loved Ocean. Like I love Johnny Venus and and Black's chemistry on the on the hook and and Jordan Bryant's deep voice contrast there is nicely. I found. Yeah. So you just mentioned Black there. He is barely on the album, and it's explained mostly because he was stuck in LA during the pandemic. Oh. So he, he wasn't super available to record and. Johnny Venus mentioned that it in person. Yeah. So he was happy that he, he managed to get him on a couple tracks, but you know, I do wish we could have had a bigger presence from him on the album. He's would probably be my favorite member of the group. And I would love to hear him on some of these songs, especially considering we don't normally hear him talking about this type of stuff. And it's interesting that the two tracks he appears on are essentially relationship songs, which really fit his motif. And it would have been nice to hear him on some of these other songs that are a, bit, a little bit more spiritual because I'm sure he would have been able, like J.I.D. did that, which is not something I would have expected from J.I.D. to get really spiritual at moments. I'm sure Black could have done the same. So I, I completely understand why he's only on two songs and he does a fine performance, but I, he is just such a talented artist and I'm sure we'll talk about more in the future on the podcast that I wish we could have gotten him just a bit more. The next song I want to bring up, because I, I noticed a little Easter egg in it, is uh, Cupid, the eighth track on it. And I'm curious if either of you notice it as well. But during Johnny Venus's verse, he says, call me at the beginning of two of his verses. And the cadence is directly from Lil Wayne's Lollipop. And it, it stuck out completely to me. And I checked them and they're both very similar. I'm curious if either of you oh. got that. Nope. Not, I'm, the, I'm a, yeah, I geeked out a little hard on that one. <laughs> that's okay. Listen, this is no Super Smash Bros, but it's good. <laughs> uh, I did want to bring up one other song, uh, Family. Uh, I found the song quite beautiful, actually. JD does a fantastic job in his lyricism, uh, which doesn't surprise me at all. He's definitely got a talent for it. He always makes me think of Kendrick Lamar. And uh, along with the great rapping, the melodic guitar in the background, giving it that soul-like beat just to make the track. The switch up as well, around the three-minute marker when Johnny Venus comes in, it's a perfect fit in my opinion. So this is definitely one of my favorite songs. Yeah, JD essentially leads two songs being family and Judas. And I thought he does a really great job. And again, he's, mm -hmm. I'm pleasantly surprised about the, the level of spirituality that he brings and how mellowed out he is considered what we heard him last on DiCaprio too. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird switch up, but it, it fits well. He does a good job. And then I just, I have one or two more points here, but I just wanted to say that the only gripe I have on this record here is sometimes the hooks tend to drag on a little bit. And this is most obvious on the Mecca hook, where which you hear four times on the song and takes up over two minutes of the first four minutes of the song. And like, there's nothing wrong with the hook, but it just gets very repetitive on subsequent listens to the point where, like today, it started to become a song that I skip when I go through it. And it's weird because they do a much better job on Cupid, where once again, there's a, there's a very long hook, but they shorten the hook when you hear it in the middle of the song. So it becomes a lot less repetitive. So you only hear the full hook at the beginning and at the end of the song and then towards the middle they just do an abbreviated version of it so the, there's a lot of singing on this a lot of folk type around the campfire stuff like i mentioned earlier and 
this was the only part on some songs that just felt like the hook just dragged on a little bit too much. I definitely agree with you there. I've I've been in a similar boat with that song and others as well. And I, I find when artists do that and it doesn't translate if it's if it's dragged on too long, it almost becomes like an interlude to me where I'll listen to it a couple times, but I won't repeat it. Like if I'm going through the album, that's something I'll end up skipping. And it's it's unfortunate when it's a good song. Absolutely. The last song I wanted to bring up, obviously, is Jupiter. It ends the album. And I found it ended it on a nice up tempo. And again, it's a feel good tone. Once I heard this song is when I really realized this is just an Atlanta soul. It's like a campfire album. I think you had mentioned it before. I don't, I don't know why. It, yeah, I don't know why it took me so long to come to this conclusion. Like the music videos are essentially that, but it's, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, it just it sunk in on that song. It feels like it's the best campfire song ever and the best one you could have right now. You're just picturing all the members of Spillage Village singing around a fire, holding hands, big smiles. That's the impression. This song is so equally, and I, I mentioned this on our Twitter account, which everyone should go and follow at Turn the Music Pod, <laughs> that this song is both equally heartbreaking and uplifting at the same time. It's again, it's one of those songs that we've talked about in the past that if you just listen to it and you feel the mood of the song, it sounds happy, but you listen to the lyrics and it's actually very bittersweet. And it's again, it's this campfire feeling of, you know, we're in this together. Times are tough right now, but we're going to try to get through it. And it was such a perfect ending to the album and i love how on some of these songs here when they're all singing on the hook i like that i can hear jid's singing voice every now and then it's again it's from the man that made songs where he the cook says get off my dick repetitively for him to be (laughs) singing repeatedly on this album i thought was so awesome let's take a step away from our nice campfire melodies and uh, go right into this new single we got from polo g yeah so we've got polo's first commercial single following the release of his sophomore album the goat reviewed the goat before we essentially started this podcast and i was a big fan of it and how strong of an artist he is being only 21 years old i think this song is a continuation of him demonstrating his vocal and lyrical ability polo isn't the strongest lyricist but he is really good at painting a vivid picture and getting personal with his audience and i can appreciate that what about you jordan yeah this is typical sounding polo g right here it's some hard-hitting 808s you got a smooth piano melodic rapping and a lot of discussion about the real life effects of gang violence. And at least for me, and he's been around now for about a year and a half, this sound has not gotten old to me yet. It might eventually at one point, but he just sounds so good on these songs, and the piano is an arrow right to your heart. So I, for this song, and I don't think we said the name yet, it's called Epidemic. It's a really good song. It's something that I'm sure is going to be moderately popular and keep polo up in the streams and i i've enjoyed it so far i didn't have high expectations to be honest the goat was an okay album in my opinion but i feel like the sound is just the same we've heard it before it does fit him quite well not gonna lie lyrically it's maybe not the best i've heard recently but you both touched on exactly the points i wanted to make and basically it's good for his sound it's a polo g sound and this is what we're going to expect from him for a little while I find Polo G is continuing to fuse the subgenre between pain music, which I'm stealing that line from Pitchfork when they were discussing Rod Wave, and this gangster rap vibe. So he has this really slowed down, melodic, heart-wrenching beats along with the pretty hard-hitting lyrics and topic. And I find until someone does this type of music better than him, it will be his own area and he will have this unique sound that keeps him a leg above everybody else. 
Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that one in the sense that this isn't getting old, but I can easily see it getting uh, diluted if lots of people start jumping into this sound. And that'll be unfortunate for him because he'll have to create a new sound for himself. And I'm just going to end my review on this just by saying this wasn't my favorite Polo G song. And it's got a lot of, we've already touched on it, a lot of recycled elements from his other music. But I'll give him a pass and that he's still a young, growing artist. And uh, I'm, I'm still listening. Yeah, I think you're pretty accurate with the watered down statement because that's exactly what I was worried about in a sense that I do appreciate the music itself, but I feel like I could get bored of it quickly. All right, next song I wanted to get to was Reason and Vince Staples' Sauce. And this was actually a pretty busy week for Reason, who also dropped the Soul Part 2, where he weirdly dissed Logic, although Logic answered pretty quickly and pretty effectively on his Twitch channel. <sighs> so this is actually the sixth single we've gotten from Reason this year, and at one point you'd think TDE would let him put out an album. And then generally about the song itself, like there've, he's had a lot of different types of sounds this year, Reason. He's had this bouncy Kendrick Lamar ad-lib-assisted showstop, and then he had this very dark song, Might Not Make It. So I find compared to those songs, this one is honestly pretty pedestrian. Yeah, I agree. And he's, I think he's still finding his own sound. I know he's been a developing artist for a while now, but I guess he's still pulling elements to see what works. But I found this song to be a good car song. It's good for cruising, being so smooth and easy to listen to. And he has a really good voice for that style of music. It's very soothing and relaxing, I found. I like that car label. It often seems to fit a lot of the songs that we get these days because whether we want it or not, we're not necessarily getting the new Kendricks. We're getting these upcoming artists who are trying to find exactly that, their sound. So I really did need to go a little bit deeper and review a bit more of his music before I could give my just on the song because it didn't click right away. And he hasn't dropped anything other than singles since 2018. So like Jordan had mentioned, getting an album from him might, be something that would be worthwhile because these singles are just not doing it for me so i'm going to take a pass on this one unfortunately i'd like to get something a little bit more something better than just car music i did just want to touch on the music video just because i i kind of enjoyed it it's got this like irl version of gta vibe going it's this like aerial top view down like the old gta's and you see reason going throughout his day as well as touching on issues like police brutality and abuse of power. So I really enjoyed that. And the song also ends on this like really nice piano riff and this montage of a cityscape. It was just really enjoyable. And I would say it, it's a good it's a good single for sure. The only disappointing thing for me about the video, because like you mentioned, Adam, it's actually pretty well made. Vince Staples is unfortunately not in it. And I find like he provides his like typical North North gangsta bars here on the song. And just a side point on Vince. I'm wondering when his next album is coming. Because at one point last year, it felt like we were getting a, a little bit of a rollout, but it never materialized. So I'm, I'm hoping we're getting something from him soon. But in general, I thought he was he was mostly fine on the song. It's too bad he couldn't be on the actual video itself. And then one last thing on the song itself is, I wonder if this song tried to be a little bit more G-Funk, if it would have clicked with us. Like the subject matter and the piano that is very faint during the verses are like two thirds of the way towards a G funk song and like a somber G funk song, which I think what this could have been would have been a more interesting listen than what we got. Hmm. Yeah. Could have had better replay value. I, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's close. Like they, they get almost there. Like that. There's a really faint piano during the verses. I'm like, why, why is that not louder? Why? Or do they move it around? Like I'm not a producer. Emphasize it more. Yeah. Anyways. All right, the next song we're going to get into, we can't be too picky with it because it's Revenge by Snot. <laughs> uh, this is his Lyrical Lemonade debut for Snot, who's 
had a few somewhat viral songs in the last two years or so. And I thought this was a good opportunity to review his song, being that it's definitely one of his be- more polished and songs to date. Prior to this, a lot of his music was all right, but it was lacking a lot of substance. So this was this was a nice turn. I can see this song becoming very popular and catching on because of how straightforward and how bloody catchy this hook is, especially it's on TikTok. It's TikTok dance oriented. It is oh, no. made for TikTok, <laughs> this song. Yeah. So, and while the topic is very much in line with Snot's previous releases, the tempo of the hook kind of tricks you into thinking it's a pretty fun song. And even the video itself for a, a little bit kind of tricks you also. And I think that, that they're playing on that as well. Like that it's a, a bit of a fun song and look at this wacky video we have with this really cool like blue and yellow or blue and black aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. And then of course everything flips on you, but we'll get into that. Christian, what do you think of the song? Okay, that being said, this to me is a new artist. I hadn't heard of him before. So after, you know, doing some digging and listening to the beats and everything, this has come up multiple times and I'm going to stick by it. But I feel that often artists are so emotional in their music today. This emo style of rap is so popular, it's unavoidable. And especially with the upcoming rappers, it's like the key to their success. They make, they branch off into this and then they switch into something else if they can. And so that's the impression I'm getting from this dude. Yeah, I think you're definitely, you're, you're getting it right there. It's, I think, depends what their demographic is. If they're going after a younger audience, obviously little kids like to be like super emotional and profound at young ages. And I think that's where they, they find like a cheat code to kind of tap into that in a lot of ways. Christian, can you give me an example of someone who's done this so far? Because I, I, I get what you're saying with they are introduced to us through one stream and then they switch up on us. It doesn't have to be specifically for like emo rap, but can you bring an example to mind? I'm blanking on it right now. Definitely Uzi and definitely Suicide Boys because they did do a lot of that like narcissistic, dark and gloomy, demonic, kill yourself kind of bullshit and then branched off. So I feel like a lot of entry level rappers are doing this these days. Okay. And then they finally find their sound and they can try something different. It's just it's easier to talk about their emotions and how they feel because... For sure. Creating empathy through your music is one way to gather a loyal following. Exactly. Yeah. So last thing I just wanted to say here, and like I mentioned earlier, I really enjoyed the blue and yellow thing that they were playing with on this. And it has lyrical lemonade written all over it. Oh, yeah. I do not like the second half of the video and the ending. I get it that it it (laughs) flashes the sign at the end that violence is not the answer. But that is literally exactly the opposite of what happens right before it. Absolutely. I just, it was so... I was just so bothered by the end of this video. Like it's just like a cop out kind of thing. So much. They're yeah. just doing it to, to be on the right side. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's like a kiddie pot. Like this video was clearly intended for children who aren't going to pick up on these kind of things. And I guess just to have the message works, but I, I completely agree. It contrasts it terribly. Yeah. Like just, just do what um, Eminem did in no love where you had the, the, you had the kid who was getting bullied a bunch and then he had these like Superman punches at the end where he beats them up or something. Mm-hmm. That was just, it's obviously it's less shock value. And I, I guess that's what they were going for here, but it just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. Speaking of rubbing me the wrong way, where to begin? ASAP Ferg, Floor Seats 2. I'm going to start by saying I really do like Ferg, but listening to him today compared to what I used to hear from him has got me in a bit of a rut. And when I think ASAP Ferg, I think Trap Lord, I think ASAP Mob, trap music mixed with this stupid amount of hype, 
his ad-libs, the common cuckoo that you hear in his songs, the screaming all right. That's the Ferg I know. Floor Seats 1 didn't satisfy my taste for the Hood Pope, and unfortunately, Floor Seats 2 didn't click either. So I I think this album is better than Floor Seats 1, but I do not think that is exactly a high bar to set, like you mentioned there. And I find it seems that Ferg has completely abandoned the melodies, at least for himself, on this album, and is almost entirely reliant on the features to set the tones on these songs. And for someone that used to create songs that just it it had him he was able to put his signature on them to now be completely reliant on other artists or not being able to break through and make it feel like yeah this is an asap ferg song was disappointing to hear i do think there are some nice moments on the record and there are some pretty bad moments on the record it's nowhere near trap lord it's nowhere near ferg forever it's probably not even nowhere near still striving it's better than floor seats one so yeah ultimately a little disappointed here this should not be an album. Oh, I'm not even sure this should be a mixtape, but I'm certain that this should not be an album. <laughs> this quote unquote album is easily the most uncohesive project to be called an album that I've heard in some time. And when I say that, I mean, as far as the beats, subject matter and rhymes or lack thereof. On this project, we get 10 tracks that barely break 28 minutes total. This is incredibly short for a studio album, especially for an artist who hasn't released in the last three years a studio album at the very least. I'm really not trying to be too harsh on this, but the low-level effort mixed with the fact that this being marketed as a real project is really what was a slap in the face to me. Okay, so now that the album has been brought down to a level that I wasn't necessarily trying to achieve, (laughs) (laughs) where Ferg is currently in his career to me is a little bit confusing. It seems like he's trying to find a different sound that fits to make him unique. Now, there's been a few songs here and there that sort of feel less like rap, but more like an electro dubstep feel. An example of this would be the single he dropped with Nightmare. It's an EDM trap beat with Ferg on it. That I'm okay with because he has this tendency to have a track where the beat is just so off and doesn't fit his style at all. It's almost hard not to skip it along this album. But another thing I want to point out is that there are three singles on the track list for the album, plus an intermission, totaling four songs that are basically obsolete on a 28-minute total playtime. Take those songs out. We've got maybe 18 minutes of music, and that's not great. Well, hold on there. I want to punch back a little bit here because I think we're all trying to bring up Ferg and then we put him down a little bit. It's trying to be a little bit more fair on this. Ferg has played around with the EDM stuff for a while, and he's, he's honestly like he's toured in the past with Skrillex. So and there are moments on Always Strive and Prosper. I think it's the Missy Elliott song where he brings in that type of music. And he has done it a little bit here in the past. And then like, there's nothing wrong with the, the singles are fine. I think specifically Move Your Hips and No Ceilings. Those were released as singles in preparation for this record here. So I wouldn't necessarily be calling them obsolete here. They're different to the experience because if you've been keeping up with Ferg, it really just meant you only had six new songs to listen to. So that could have been I could see how that was disappointing in a way, but I I do treat them as part of the body of work. Yeah, and I actually, I have some gripes with the fact that they're part of a body of work. I'm going to summarize this (laughs) album (laughs) quickly. The the album starts off with the song Marilyn Manson, which is like a pump metal type beat, I guess. And it literally has no message outside of the fact that Ferg is apparently crazy like Marilyn Manson. Continuing to the next pointless name drop title, we get Dennis Rodman featuring Tyga, which sounds nothing remotely similar to the previous track and is a bubble. It's like this bubblegum type song that he just bought from Tyga. It's clearly a Tyga song. 
the mulatto song after that it's it's all right i think it probably could have been a good single on its own but in the context of this album it didn't click with me as hard as it probably would have as a single and we've already reviewed no ceilings but it was just as much as a letdown as as the others have been so far and I'm just going to say from there, the majority of this album to me is a lot of mid. And I don't want to hate on Ferg too much because I'm just like you guys. I'm a fan. But this in the combination with like the the weak vocals, it's just, oh, I was very disappointed. So I, I get what you said there about the Dennis Rodman track. And at one point we have to do a compilation of all the songs that were inspired by Michael Jordan's The Last Dance that aired in May and June. Because between this Dennis Rodman track and then we had I believe Freddie Gibbs had a Scotty Pippen track at one point. So there's just, it, it's a complete side point there, but uh, specifically about Dennis Rodman here. Like, okay, cool. It's a Tyga track. No problem with that. But damn, this song slaps. Like Tyga's flow on the hook is so damn catchy. And I really, Fergus has one of his better moments on this track here where he cuts off Tyga before he goes into the third hook and then continues to go on and on his verse. And it, it's a, like, it's a, it's a neat artistic choice that's like been done in the past it's nothing mm-hmm. groundbreaking here but i i found this was i thought this was the best song on the album by a wide margin part of it is yeah because it sounds like a tiger song featuring ferg but i think that doesn't mean it's not a good song still i mean listen they're not terrible songs but at the same time i've pretty much summed it up to two songs that fit what i would call decent music off the album i mean value is one of the only other tracks on the entire album that gave me a and I'm going to say this lightly, a Trap Lord feel, because I would say it's safe to say the sound off of it gives me vibes from Still Striving. Now, this isn't, uh, I'm not saying this is the best song. I'm not saying this is exactly what I want to hear. I'm just saying it gave me that impression. But I have to admit, it is probably my favorite one on the album. And other than that one, I'd say Aussie Freaks. This one would probably be my second just because I enjoyed the beat, especially the calm piano in the background. The drum kick is cool because it also sounds something between electronic but very discreet Uh, it doesn't really stick out too much but because the sound is so different it pops so other than value it stood out and uh, like i've mentioned before uh, ferg seems to be moving towards a different direction in his music more of an edm style mix to his rap i would say and if this is the general direction that i will be getting from him and i kind of like it i support it i think it's cool to get an artist who who branched off from like this sort of ASAP mob feel of uh, gangster rap towards something that's more like upbeat and fast paced, but still mixed in with uh, the rap genre, you know? I'm always here for an artist to be experimental and and grow as an artist. Absolutely. It just, it upsets me when an artist does it so painfully. Like this is not good. In my opinion, this is not good work. So you're releasing this not even as a mixtape, but you're fully marketing as an album for your core audience to to listen to. It really, that stuff upsets me. Okay, so I want to have one positive thing to say here, and then one negative thing here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to squeeze in some positive every now and then. Yeah. The female features on this record, Mulatto, Anthapanta, and Nicki Minaj, all bring it. I thought mm-hmm. Mulatto's verse, especially on "In It," which Fergus brutal on that song, but Mulatto did. I, I am slowly taking back what I said about Mulatto when we did our Double XL freshman class review. And I didn't say anything negative about her. I just omitted her from the group of people that I thought could do something positive. And obviously, like a lot still needs to be done. But between her, I really liked her double XL cipher freestyle. And then her verse here is really great. Nikki has a great verse. Somehow she she stayed focused for a full 16 bars and really had a nice feature. And then Anthapantha is not an artist I don't think anyone really knew about until this track here. So I thought she was really good on it. And then so 
positive thing, right? Now, on the negative side, I I wouldn't be reviewing this honestly if I didn't bring up the fact that Ferg has some god awful lines on this album. I can't wait. I have I have one in the tuck. You have to let me get one off. Go go ahead. Okay, so I have one on the Marilyn Manson song and one on Move Your Hips. Adam, which one did you have? <laughs> Mine's on the outro. Okay. So, you know, keep it then. I just want to make sure we weren't overlapping there. Yep. So on Marilyn Manson, on the hook specifically, first of all, he rhymes mansion with Charles Manson and then Marilyn Manson. Amazing. Lyricism. (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes on and compares the outcome of committing violent acts to used female hygiene products. So very bad line. I uh, Very disappointing. That is brutal. And then, of course, and this one has been pretty well publicized because it's from Move Your Hips. Here, he continues the running theme, get it, of rappers' obsession with their bowel movements. So it's just, that's another one. And we had Vic Mensa a few weeks back here, yep. where here we have Ferg saying, talking my shit, I got runs. Oof. So yeah, it's uh, it's another one to, to put up on the nominations for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Along with okay. Snot today, we've got the runs, boys. Yeah, yikes yeah, yeah. all right adam what was yours then on the outro on the outro it is it's one of the most comically bad lyrics to me at least it's street clear no sirens it's a war going out just to stay clean no corona just heineken yikes do you hear that silence that is awful i was pissed so all right so this last thing i want to get into quickly here because i guess floor seats is a low point in ferg's career so far I just wanted to say though, like other than Trap Lord, Ferg has not really provided us with a super consistent project. Like there have always been duds on the track list. And then with it being seven years since Trap Lord, it's almost not fair to compare him to that project anymore. Like on, on, on Trap Lord, he, which is 2013, I'm pretty sure, he keeps his flow in check and lets his lyrics and the beat be the aggressors. He also used melodies a lot more, like on what might be his best song ever on Hood Pope. And then on Ferg Forever, he starts to expand his musical and lyrical palette a little bit without anything groundbreaking, but it was nice to see it as a developing artist. And then what we've seen, I think, since then, like there's a pretty big break there between 2013 and 2014. And of course, we have the passing of ASAP Yams at that point, and we'll never know exactly how much influence he had here in the whole ASAP mob crew in terms of the music that they made. But then from that point on, Ferg essentially, he stopped having any type of melodies himself. And he's became a one-dimensional hype artist. And now he's fine, like he's found a lot of success on songs like New Level and Plain Jane. But the lack of variability makes a project like the one we just reviewed, Floor Seats 2, it gets pretty old pretty quick when there's not one song that is an absolute smash. I think to conclude, honestly, I'd say, like I did before, Ferg is trying to find another unique sound that says, this is me. Now, whether he will succeed in doing so is unknown to me. I am enjoying his EDM style of trap mixed with his hype energy. I'd like to get more of that. But honestly, from where his roots were to where he is now, it's a little bit in the unknown. I guess what I'm saying, though, is he he's not trying to evolve his sound right now. And he's just trying to he's trying to he's trying to hit the same bullseye over and over again. And it, look, he did it in twenty. He did it in twenty seventeen. Still striving is pretty good. Like the Absolutely. East Coast remix and 
Plain Jane and the Migos track, which the name's blanking on me right now. Those are really good songs and they're really catchy. But he has the stuff that we got on Trap Lord. It's not happening anymore. It's been long enough that that type of sounds not coming back to it. So I don't at this point, I'm not expecting for to expand his palette or anything. I He has become this one dimensional guy that will provide us with a smash every now and then. And like Move Your Hips is kind of a popular song. And I'm sure this Tiger track will get kind of popular. But if any, I don't think it's fair to hope for something like Trap Lord or Ferg Forever at this point. I don't necessarily agree with that in the sense that I think we have a right as a fan to expect that at the very least from an artist to achieve. I know you're only as good as your last album, but in this case, that would be a terrible comparison. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm just, I I want more from an artist. I want to see them either don't put it out or it's got to be great, especially if you're going to market it as an album. I'm very, I'm very harsh on that. And I think a lot of the things we've, we spoke about it when we reviews the no ceiling single, but I think Fergus lost a lot of his passion and hunger to make great music. I think he's become content with hitting a lot of mid and just whatever. It's, it's sad to see. You think he's just riding the wave? Yeah. In some ways for sure. Okay, so yeah, it felt we I think we all feel kind of bad there for putting this album here through the ringer a bit. But I think it's because we expect at least from what we've heard from Ferg in the past, we have some type of reminiscence of what he gave us years back and even from like little moments from here and there the past 3 or 4 years. So I think it's why we're being a little bit more harsh because it comes from a, a place of love. So on that, I think I think we'll stop there for today. If you like what you heard, Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, go on and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are putting up about one additional video a week. So go on and subscribe to the channel to keep up with that. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Trinity Music Pod. Also, spread the word of the podcast in your Twitter group chats, Facebook chats, and your favorite subreddits. Basically, anywhere you'll be interacting online with people over the next couple of days. Until then, have a good one. <laughs>